Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Each week on this program, we tell you the stories of our church, as we often feature interviews with our members and other friends of the ministry, as we'll have today. We'd invite you, of course, to join us this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church as we begin Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. We have adult Bible fellowships, children's programs. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 a.m. And we'll be focusing on God's amazing love for you from 1 John 4, 9 and 10. Today, let's begin by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hop a day, Chris. Yeah, we're excited during this Christmas season to be spending time in a really important passage about God's love in 1 John chapter 4. This Sunday, we'll, we'll be continuing the series that we began last Sunday, talking about, as you mentioned, God's amazing love for you. It's the right kind of a theme to surround our Christmas season, and we're taking it from the verse in 1 John chapter 4 where it says this, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. This is the way that God demonstrated his love for us. So as we celebrate the Christmas season, we're reminded that the big story of Christmas is God's love for us. And we want to take some time, as we did last Sunday, just settling down. It's not new material, but reminding ourselves of how much God really loved us and what the Christmas season means because of that. So we would invite our listeners to join us this Sunday as we have part two of this little mini-series in the middle of Christmas. We'll be coming back to our Acts series, you know, right after this Sunday, but it's been good to have a little break around Christmas time and focus in on God's love. I'm always amazed by the people surrounding the Christmas story, some of the characters that we hear about and uh, characters is just a word to describe actual people right, yeah. that uh, were experienced this and they seem to recognize that God's love in this situation in their expressions of joy and rejoicing and an understanding of what we read throughout the New Testament but that's really what we're talking about that sometimes I'm afraid could get lost during Christmas time for all the other things yeah you're right what a connection the connection between the love of God for us that results in the joy. I mean, it's right. not just a superficial joy that maybe a lot of people experience. In fact, I think, you know, we're coming up uh, to Christmas and Christmas is going to be over. And I mean, it's not new to people to know that the Christmas season can actually be hard on some. And especially after Christmas, you know, for some, there's it's sort of a difficult season because I, I think... When we put the emphasis on maybe just the externals of the things that Christmas means, you know, socially or sort of superficially, it doesn't do enough deep-rooted impact in our lives for us to come away feeling like this is significant. Well, if you don't have enough happy experiences and create Correct. enough happy circumstances. Yeah. 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 We are just talking about the foundation of what God has done, yeah. why it means so much, and this is the reason that God brought and you know explained through his angels. He brought great tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, because God loved us so much. Well, we have the privilege to have in our studio one of our heroes here at Harvest, really one of our missionaries that we've supported for a long time. 
and has been faithfully, he and his wife been faithfully serving. We want to introduce Tom Phillips is in studio with us. Tom, welcome back to Harvest. I know you've been here many times, but we're glad to have you back with us. Thank you. Tom and Carol have been missionaries with Harvest since 1994. So that's a few years. And uh, we're thankful to have been a part of your ministry, you know, over these many years and thrilled for the ways that God has used you guys in your faithfulness. I thought today it might be good to back up a little bit and tell our Harvest family maybe about how all this started and, and what God did in bringing you to this idea of missions. You and I were talking earlier about, you know, some time that you had pastoring and a, a number of other things that happened. But let's, let's start from the beginning you know, how did you become a believer? How did God lead you into the ministry? And then if you want to kind of lead us into how God brought you out to this area of the world. I was uh, born into a family of four children. Obviously, I was the youngest, two boys and two girls. Mom and dad were first-generation Christians. Okay. And so there was that excitement that they had. I was always in Sunday school doing the memorization, thought I was a Christian, was baptized, and then uh, one night I went to a, well, it was unusual. My brothers would never take their youngest brother to a meeting with them, but they did. Uh-huh. And that was when I really accepted Christ as my Savior and Lord. And then from there, my brothers had gone on to study in Bible colleges, and they were preparing for the ministry. And uh, I said, no way am I going to, because they're going to think, ah, uh, yeah, there's Tom just following in the footsteps of his brother brother. So I resented it like crazy, the idea of going into, to become a pastor. But it was my senior year in high school that uh, I played on a softball team, and one of our members of the softball team was killed. And that kind of triggered, Tom, maybe you, maybe you better go to Bible college. So I went to Grand Rapids School of Bible and Music, and uh, the Saturday night, the first Saturday night, they always had a banquet. And I went with a, with a friend, and I saw this girl in a yellow dress, and I told the guy next to me, I'm going to marry that girl. <laughs> and that was Carol. Wow. And, uh, so you knew right from the beginning, right? Or at least you predicted it. Yeah, that was probably it. <laughs> <laughs> it took several months to convince her, and then we dated for a while and eventually got married. But while we were going to school, both of us felt drawn into missions, and it's interesting, the place that we were looking at was Iceland. Mm. And compared to where we ended up, that was quite a, quite a difference. <laughs> well, it's not that much of a difference from Grand Rapids, I could tell you that, but it is definitely from where you ended up. <laughs> so from there, we had a ministry with Youth for Christ for 14 months, recognized I needed more education. So we, I went back to the Detroit area, went to Detroit Bible College, got my a bachelor's degree. And while there, we were going to graduate Avenue Baptist Church with uh, Pastor Nick Weens. And he kind of took an interest in us. And they had a mission church at the time that was going through some problems. And so he encouraged uh, the church to invite us out. And we became pastor of that mission church. We were there for five years. Where was that? In the Detroit area? That, that was in Fraser, Michigan. Okay. It's just on the north side of Detroit. Right. Uh, just a very small little suburb. And while there, the idea of missions began to come into our mind again, and so we said, God, we're willing to go, and God always closed the door. He opened the door to go to Fredericksburg, Virginia, 
to Temple Baptist Church. We were there for uh, 15 years. And God once again began to say, maybe you ought to begin to think about missions again. Mm-hmm. And it was God, we've been through this before. <laughs> but there was a missionary, Dalton Heath, who was in Pompey at the time. He had written us and he said, Tom, I'd like to have you come out and visit all the islands because we'd kind of like to have you consider starting a Bible Institute in, in Pompeii. And so we did, visited all of the islands, and one of the islands that we visited was Chuuk. And um, we met a businessman who was a Christian there, and he said, Tom, you, you don't need to go to Pompeii. They got lots of missionaries there. We don't have any here. Mm. Uh, so I kind of referred to that as our uh, Chukadonian call. <laughs> and that was where we, God opened up the door for us to go. So we resigned from the church, got our support, came to Chuk, and uh, that's where we had the association then with uh, with Harvest. So that was in 1994, is that right, or right well, around then? Actually, we came in 1991. Okay. We were uh, 51 years old at the time when oh, we wow. came. And so learning the language, uh, that was difficult, impossible. <laughs> and so we used, uh, uh, we met an individual, Mato era, and he became a very close friend of ours. And any time that we had something in uh, Chukis, he was always the translator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a very close friendship with him. And so that's where God got us into that. Uh, and then uh, had some heart problems, had some heart surgery, uh, and the doctor said, Chuk is not a good place for you with heart problems. So uh, we went back to states. We were a, a representative for a mission organization for seven years, uh, which was very delightful, uh, working with uh, young kids that were uh, in Bible college. And uh, they would oftentimes ask us, this is what we've been taught in school. Is it really like that? And so it was it was just a delightful time. Sure, yeah. Uh, and it was interesting that college students would, there was another guy, we were older than the guys, they would come to us and talk rather than go to the young mission reps. Yeah. And it was because of the experience of being on the field. And so it was a very delightful time for us. And then God opened up for us to go with Baptist church planners, and we went in, in a church restoration program and uh, worked in New York. Uh, that was a cold area. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> And, and lots of snow. And uh, then we uh, came back to uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Uh, the pastor of the church there welcomed us. And uh, when we're not uh, coming uh, to Micronesia, to Chuk, with the radio station, uh, we teach the, the adult uh, class that, there. Uh, it's the 70 and up class. And sometimes the pastor refers to it as the exit class. <laughs> the exit <laughs> class, all right. Well, you and I just realized this before we uh, we started airing that we, of course, have a mutual friend, mm-hmm. Pastor Mike Reed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've known him for a few years, and we appreciate the ministry at Temple there very much in Fredericksburg, and so thankful that you're there serving. Uh, and in the meantime, you've continued to come and go from Chuk. Your ministry has remained you know, in some ways there in Chuk and through the radio station. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, we do have a radio station. It's all automated. And uh, what we need to do is we download programs, and then we adjust them volume and and format. And then every six months we bring those and we put them in the automation program so that 
we have new programming every six months. And that's primarily what we do. The church that was started there, there were several churches that were started, but the church that was started, Grace International Baptist Church with Pastor Mike Reed. Okay. That was the church that you were part of? and Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we we helped them when they got problems. Uh, Mike was in the customs department in Chute, and uh, we had met him, and he began to listen. He was in the congregation church, but he began to listen to the radio program. And when we would go into the custom office, he said, Tom, do you know of a school that I could go to? I need more education. And we had had several students from Harvest that mm-hmm. had graduated that had gone to Appalachian Bible College. And so that's where he went, graduated, came back, and he was accepted by the church as their pastor. And uh, being a young pastor, oftentimes there were questions that would come up. And so when we would uh, get to Chuuk, he would say, okay, Tom, I, I got this problem. This, And, and so it's kind of nice to be able to talk with him and kind of help him in his ministry there on Chuuk. This is Pastor Mike Abe, is that yes. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how long has he been the pastor of the church there? He's been there for about five, five years, I think. Okay, mm-hmm. great. So you go back to Chuuk kind of to update the computer equipment and keep things going about how many times a year? Uh, twice a year. Okay. Unless something comes up that a problem develops with the transmitter or something, and they do not have the expertise for it, then we go back and, and work on that. And I know that means that you've traveled back and forth from the States, you know, a few times, put on a few miles, right? A few times, yeah. <laughs> it's been kind of interesting sometimes when I've called United, and they said, uh, we don't know where to. And I said, let me give you the routing for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> because they said, oh, you've done this before. Uh, yeah, I have done this before. <laughs> <laughs> and you were telling me earlier, you also, you know, you have some ministry in the Philippines. One of the young men that you mentored is there now. I think you're going to be traveling there as well. Yes. There was a a lady that came to our church. She had been in Saipan, and they had moved to Chuuk. And she was a believer. Her husband was not. And the last Sunday of the month, we would always have, have a meal. And... He would take and bring food for the meal, but he would never come. And then he, one Sunday he stayed. And uh, after that he started staying for the services. And one Sunday I got a call from him and he said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. So he talked to him and he he trusted Christ. Uh, Then his job closed and he went back to the Philippines, started going to Bible college and uh, he has become a very good friend. And it also worked out then that we started having Bible studies and seminars with a, oh, there's probably 10 or 15 Filipino pastors in small works. So what what started in Chute, God opened up that expanded to the Philippines, which is uh, uh, kind of interesting to see the way God works. It is interesting. You know, when we're faithful and, and uh, sowing the seed of the word, mm-hmm. we don't always know how God's going to allow it you know, where it's going to be fruitful. And uh, yeah, it's fascinating, I think, mm-hmm. to see the way that God spreads out his seed as uh, as we just faithfully sow it. It's neat to see in your in your it, ministry. One of the things that uh, I just had a birthday. And well, I'm, happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> 79 years old now. And one of the things that is uh, interesting is you think more about death mm. when you get my age than what you do when you're young. Mm-hmm. And uh, you begin to assess 
what have I done? Has it been worthwhile? Right, yeah. Is it going to remain? And the thing that always comes back is, long ago I accepted Christ as my Savior, and, and that is permanent, and that will never change. Uh, and, and so as you, as you do get older and you begin to think of, my life is not going to last forever, to make sure that what I'm doing now mm-hmm. is going to remain. When, you, when you're younger, you may think about it, but boy, for those that are listening that are getting up in years, boy, you have to make sure. Yeah. You have to make sure. There's a couple interesting things to me about that. One is that you came to Chuuk, uh, you know, from some comfort in the States at 51, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the season of life. A lot of people are sort of trying to wind down their careers and set up their retirement. And so I love that, that God was calling you to maybe a little bit of a harder ministry at that time. So thank you for serving in that way. And I was also thinking as you're talking about it, I'm not 79, but I do know that as I've gotten older, each I, I kind of see s- some periods of my life in little decades. And I, and I know that when I, prior to 40, you're right, I think you know, you're, you're full of energy and, you know, your life is all in front of you and big dreams of, you know, asking God to use you and your life in whatever way he could as you invest it. But it became, you know, very, you know, really much more specific in my thinking when I hit maybe the mid forties. I don't know. That's, they talk about that middle age thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if it was that, but, but really just you know, the idea that life's going to go faster than I ever imagined that it would be. And, you know, I don't want to look back on any season and say that I wasted some time, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's these years that I lost because, you know, they're wasted in some way. And, and I, I hope, Tom, I'm thankful for your testimony, your example. I, I really honor and value the the faithfulness of men and, and your wife as well that have served God I hope that when I'm 79, I'm able to say, God, I'm, you know, I'm serving you as best that I can during this season of life. And uh, I want to be able to look back, I think, as you are able to and say, you know, I did everything that I could with what you, you know, you gave to me. I've, I've tried to give it back to you. So thank you for that testimony. There was a theme song that we had at Greenwich School of Bible Music, and uh, it was There's Joy in Serving Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the years... That is true. There is nothing better than, first of all, trusting Christ, and then after that, knowing that you have been serving Him for your for your whole. And there is joy, yeah, and peace and comfort that that come with that as well. I love that theme song. Back when I was in college, there was this sort of this thing going around about a mission song as well. That is a great song. We sing or used to sing it a lot during missions conference types idea, but it was so send I you. Mm-hmm. And the, the song can be a little depressing, uh, you know, in some ways. So send I you to labor unrewarded, you know, kind of that whole theme. And I remember at that time, uh, you know, some vocal people saying, this is not the picture of, of missions. It's not unrewarded. It's, you know, it's got to be more positive. Don't sing that song anymore. And I, I don't know if I agree with that or not, but uh, the idea that there's joy in serving Jesus, that's a great theme, mm-hmm. great theme song. And uh, thank you for your life testimony. That's evidenced that all those years since, they call it Grizzboom, right? I don't think it's around anymore, is it? No, it's not. It's 
had several changes. Yeah. But uh, Carol and I would like to thank Harvest for their their faithful support of us. Some churches are not faithful, and Harvest has been very faithful, and we we appreciate that very much. Harvest is the reason why we're here Mm. in reality, along with a variety of other churches. But they have been very faithful to us from the early days when Pastor Lewis didn't know us, and it took us on support, and uh, it's been continued on. We thank you. Well, it's a privilege to be partnered with you. And we talk about this at Harvest you know, quite a bit, that as a church in these ministries that go on, we really do have the opportunity to participate together. And so you know, to our church family, we try to communicate regularly as we give, as we serve in ways so that the, the church would be healthy and flourishing and we continue to grow in all of these ways. When the ministry is effective, which could be reaching people here you know, on the island or our missionaries in other places, as those specific things are happening, that fruit really does bear to the account of each of us as we participate together. Um, so we do feel that. We really genuinely feel like we've been blessed to have a part in the ministry that God's blessed you and Carol with. And we don't know even until eternity what the rewards of that will be. But thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your story with us here today. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, at this point in the program, we always want to personally invite you to be at services this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. We begin Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. We have those adult Bible fellowships, children's programs. If you're not sure where to go, you can stop right out in front of our auditorium. We have our welcome center there. This Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m., our Sunday morning worship service on God's Amazing Love for You from 1 John 4, 9, and 10. Well, you can always find more at our website as well, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.